Hallelujah. 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 Oh Jesus, son of my young, the shine. Call Mama Mayan. Mira and Mosi. Mama Mama. Mayan. Mama Mama. Mama Mama. Mama Mama. Mama Mama. Mama Mama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need a glimpse, I believe, of the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, there's nothing um, more appealing than having a glimpse of God's glory and having a glimpse of God's goodness. I can't help but be drawn closer to God when he begins to reveal his goodness to my spirit. It's it's almost like it's magnetic. Have you felt the pull of God's love in your heart? The pull of God in your love, in his love for you, it will draw you closer to him. And that's what it does, it works in me. And if you feel that, that pull of God's love drawing you in the meeting, just, just let yourself go, it's okay, just start to go with it, start to go with it, go a bit closer, and you'll find something wonderful there. You'll find his presence. You have to kind of go with it. You've got to go with the flow, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we can, we can resist, it's easy to resist, we can come into a presence, the presence of God is, but we've got to go with him. We've got to go with the flow of the anointing, go with the flow of Jesus. Oh, he's so good. He, so, he sort of does this to me when I come into meetings, there's something very special. When I walk in here with God's people, there's something very special. The Lord begins to minister to me. You know, I'm not necessarily praying or doing praying. I'm not necessarily not really doing that much. I just come into the presence where God's presence is. I come into this place with you guys, and suddenly I, I, there's a difference. And that difference begins to change me. It begins to minister to me. God begins to, to minister to us when we don't even expect it. When you least expect it, God's working on you, he's on your case he's been on my case for ages he hasn't, he hasn't stopped and he, he won't stop he's so, totally dedicated to his people to his church to us he's totally committed to us you can see that through his word he was committed to a rebellious Israel for, for years and he still is in some way committed to them there will be a time when they come in but this is still the, the time, the window of the Gentiles, it's, it, as we know. The window of grace is, is still open for those to come in to the house of God. Amen. And I thank God I'm in. Are you in, brothers and sisters? Are you in to the house of the Lord? I'm into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I really thank God that, you know, you spoke about, um, touched on the Passover. It's quite interesting today because it totally, I didn't realise it was communion today. I should know that, really. But... <laughs> But I had something, and I was starting off on the Passover, which was interesting, isn't it? Isn't it funny how it works sometimes? Could never have planned it, but God somehow does it. I'm nothing special. Sometimes in my mistakes, God even arranges my mistakes for his glory. You think you get it all perfect, and sometimes it doesn't work like that, brothers and sisters. Sometimes in your mess, God arranges his order. 
I'm not saying deliberately make a mess. I'm saying sometimes God's bigger than you. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Is that a release? That's a relief for me. His grace covers my life. Amen. Come on. He's there. He's working in the midst of it all. He just does it anyway for his glory. And then you can just say, wow, you can stand in awe of God. And we need to stand in awe of God. We need the awe of God and the wonder of God. Never get too familiar with God. Even though we're familiar in one sense because we know him. But let's not just be, it's not just an ordinary thing in that way. I want to keep my awe of the Lord. I want to be in awe of my Saviour and my Master. Keep that fresh in my heart, Lord, I pray. And I pray that would be your prayer. Keep that wonder. Keep that adoration burning. Keep that fire alight. Burning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, very interesting time the last week or so. I had a fantastic time at Peterborough. It was wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord with everyone. Bournemouth. We're not there yet. Maybe that is a prophetic word. I'm not sure. But Bournemouth, it would, would... Yeah, I want to get it right, don't I? Praise the Lord. Amen. Very interesting. Very interesting when we think about the Passover, though. The Passover so blesses me. It just shows there wasn't a lamb there, but there was the lamb there. It was the lamb of God. It was the man, Christ Jesus. There was no animal there, but there was the man. That was the lamb. Amen. And and it's interesting because I've been looking at Pentecost, and it relates directly, really, to the Passover. From the time of the Passover, on the 50th day, from the time of Passover, we have Pentecost. And we all know about Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit. Just Just after the Passover, we have the death of Jesus Christ, the crucified Lamb of God, who was our Passover sacrifice, amen. And then we have the resurrection. But between that period, between the resurrection he revealed and, the, and Pentecost, he revealed himself to the apostles over the period of 40 days. He revealed himself, and that's at the beginning of Acts 1. He revealed himself. And he was revealing himself in a numer- numerous different ways to the apostles and the disciples. And I just want to just start to... To, to, to go, we're going to go from Acts 4 in just a moment. Um, but if we understand that the pleasing sacrifice of God, that the sacrifice was accepted by the Father, and that pleasing sacrifice is what enables us to come into God's very presence, and it's only because of the sacrifice. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you try to be, no matter what works you do, It will never be pleasing to God unless you have the sacrifice of Christ in your life. We need, hallelujah, to be sure about our salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. It's only by the sacrificial lamb of God that we come. Hallelujah. Now it's interesting that Pentecost was celebrated by the Jews and it was known as the Shavuot. And it was, it was, a, it was a time of, of com- it, that commemorates the giving of the law. This was the same day, Pentecost. It commemorates the giving of the law. So they would celebrate the Shavuot. And Moses received the law from Sinai, didn't we? We all know the story. Received the law. It was the giving of the law. That's, that's it, steeped in Jewish tradition. And here we have Pentecost, which is the same day. 
And it's also known as the Feast of Harvest than the Feast of Weeks. And this was the time where they would gather all the crops of the harvest and they would gather them together and they would present them to the Lord as an offering. So it was, it was the harvest time. And Pentecost was the time of the harvest. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We have a harvest. Amen. When the power of God comes down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's a harvest now of souls, brothers and sisters. There's a harvest of souls by the power of his God. Hallelujah. So that's the same day. The Shavuot is the same day as Pentecost. It's the time of the gathering, the gathering of the harvest. It's the Feast of Weeks. Hallelujah. So we have from, from Passover to Pentecost, we have a 50, it's 50 days. Amen. And here we have, in, we're just going to go from Acts, we'll go from Acts 1-4. Actually, we'll go from Luke 24-49. Let's just go there just for a second. We go Luke twenty four forty nine. Has everyone got that? You should have it in your Bible. If you haven't, then trade it in for another one. <laughs> All right. So we got Luke twenty four, Luke twenty four forty nine, and it says, "Behold, this is Jesus speaking. This is his resurrection." Amen. It just told them to go and preach repentance for the remission of sins. And his name um, would be preached in all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And in 48 it says, And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I will send you the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry to the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. So we know that the, the disciples go to, to Jerusalem. And here we pick up, um, if we pick up in Acts, because that was Luke writing that particular gospel. And then we can continue here in Luke's, Luke, um, sorry, Luke's writing um, within the book of Acts. So we go chapter 1 and we can go to verse 4. If we go verse 4. And it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptised you with water, but you shall be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of God to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons in which the Father has put under his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. So in other words, consider yourself, consider these things, consider about what I'm going to send you. Amen. He's saying to the disciples, let's get your focus right. You will receive power. Hallelujah. And I can tell you this, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, this promise has been fulfilled. And that uh, the, the Shavuot has been fulfilled at Pentecost. Amen. It's the same day. Hallelujah. And it was the giving of the law. Remember the giving of the law. But now it's written in our hearts. It's written in our minds by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God. That's what happened when Pentecost came. Amen. God fulfilled it by his power working through us now. Amen. 
So we need, bless the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us if we're going to be a witness. Now, if you struggle being a witness, if you struggle sharing about the gospel and you struggle opening your mouth and telling people about Jesus, I can tell you, I haven't got an ABC method of doing these things, but I've got a solution for you. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. It's the power of God. That's what you need in your life. You need the power of God. Amen. The fulfilment of the law is a wonderful thing because it opened the doorway of heaven. It opened the doorway of the Holy Spirit to come and abide within us. Hallelujah. So we can keep it by the way of his life now, by the way of love, like Tosca shared, that when he, he laid down his life for us, for his friends, and that's you, you're included in that. Jesus loves you passionately, that he gave up his life. He was the past Passover lamb. Judgment has passed for the born-again believer. It's passed over you because of the work of Christ on that cross, because of his death and resurrection. But here, it says, I will no longer leave you as orphans in John, but I will give you the helper, the comforter, the spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Jesus' name. And you can get it. You, you don't ever think, oh no, that's not for me, that's for one of them spiritual people. I can tell you it's yours because of the pleasing sacrifice that was offered up to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says here that you will be my witnesses. You will be a witness to me. You cannot do it without him. It's a person we're talking about, the person of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it without him. I cannot do it without him. Hallelujah. So let's go on to, to verse 9. It says, Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And he said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing? Up into heaven. This Jesus who was taken up will so come in like manner as you saw him go to heaven. Hallelujah. We know our Lord is going to return. Praise the Lord. This is the time of the Holy Spirit and it will continue. Jesus will come back one day. We don't hear it preached much from the pulpit, but he is going to return and he's going to return the same way as he went. Amen. It says, I believe in. Zachariah, we can go to it. Let's just go to it. I've got it down here somewhere. Zachariah. Lord help me. Where is it? Jesus. 14.4. Where are you? Who's a good reader? Can someone read it for me? Zachariah 14.4. And his feet will stand that day on the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave the midst thereof towards the east and towards the west. Amen. And there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove towards the north, and half towards the south. Amen. That's it, yeah. Amen. So the Lord will return to that same place, the Mount of Olives. And if you, if you, if you stood on the Mount of Olives and you looked down opposite, you'd see the, the Temple Mount and you'd see all them wonderful places 
that Jesus passed through, as he passed through down towards, to come to the Passover, he passed down towards the Mount of Olives, and you also see the Golden Gate. I don't believe it's the original one that was at the time of Jesus, but I believe that the original one at the time of Herod is still existing kind of somewhere, but I don't think it's quite what it is. But the, the Golden Gate's there. It's the gate of the temple, what we think, what we're talking about. It's the gate of the temple. It's a beautiful gate it talks about, and it speaks about that in Acts as well, when that lame man got healed, the beautiful gate. And Jesus will stand on the Mount of Olives. Praise the Lord. That's a wonderful truth, that is. We often don't consider, I don't believe, well, you might, but sometimes I don't consider his return. But his return will happen as a thief, it says, doesn't it? And as a thief comes, he will return. Praise the Lord. But we have a time of harvest. And I believe we're still in a time of harvest. It's a harvest of souls. It's the harvest of souls. Jesus paid the price for a harvest. His harvest is harvest of souls. It's Jesus' harvest. He draws people to himself. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful promise we have in the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to... I just want to just... Just dwell, on that, just dwell on that just for a second, because I believe this. There's many struggles. There's many things we try to avoid as Christians if we're brutally honest with ourselves. We may try to, to, to avoid sin like a plague, and that's all good. But I can tell you, what you need is a dose of the Holy Ghost. You may try to dodge it and try to struggle and wrestle and try to be a really, really good Christian. But you need the power of the Holy Spirit to live a pleasing life to God. It's what he gave you, just, not just to be a witness, to be a witness, primarily, but also he will aid you, he will help you, he will guide you, he will lead you into all truth. There's no way you can achieve what God wants you to achieve through him without the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in your heart and not only that so that we can be filled submerged filled with his power amen we need it i need it you know um, many people will come forward and they will get someone to pray for them and they will say yeah i'm praying for you to fill the holy spirit but i can tell you you've got to get there yourself that's good someone can pray for you you might get filled i'm not saying that won't happen and it can't happen because it happens through the time of acts you can read that as you go on through that book but I'm telling you, if you get alone before God and you really want it, you get it. You will get it if you really want it. You will get it. God will give it to you if you really want it. And that's the question. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? God will fill you. God will fill you from, up, from overflowing with his power, with his goodness. And you will become a torch, an expression of the love of God, of the power of God. That's what you need. It's the antidote. It's the solution to your struggles and your wrestling and your trying and your striving. Man, get out of that stuff. doesn't produce any goodness. But his power can achieve it for you. And I tell you, if you haven't got it, and you haven't got it in an instant, wait on it. Wait on it. It says they went to wait. They went to wait for this power. I know this is the time of Pentecost, and this is the fulfillment of what Jesus said, but sometimes we need to wait on him. 
We need to wait on him. There's different seasons that you face in your life and you need to discern the season. Sometimes the season's to go. Sometimes the season is to wait for his power. That doesn't mean you don't do nothing, but you have your eye towards heaven and you say, Lord, I'm waiting for your power. I can't do nothing without you. I need your power. I need you, Jesus, to fill me, to submerge me, overflowing with your power. Wait on it, brothers and sisters. Be patient on God. And if you really want it, you'll get it. It would do you good. It would do you good. Hallelujah. And this is how the harvest came about. The harvest came about through Peter being filled with his power, preaching with power. And then there was a great harvest of 3,000. Hallelujah. Life came. Hallelujah. The law brought death, but the preaching of the gospel by the power of grace of God brought life to many. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you look at um, 2 Corinthians 3, 3. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful scripture. 2 Corinthians 3. We can go from 2, actually. You are our epistle. You are our epistle, which is like a letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you have an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written Not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is the heart. That's what happened on Pentecost. That's what happened on Pentecost. Not on tablets of stone. New covenant now. New covenant this is. But now it's on your flesh. That is of the heart. He says in he, I believe it's in Hebrews, forgive me if I'm wrong, that he said here, write my laws on their minds and, in, and within their hearts. In other words, he's going to put it within you. He's going to put what you need within you. Within you. God's not far off. He's gave you what you need. Within his word, he's gave you that promise. It's up to you if you go there. You'll receive that power that will release you from trying so hard. It will come upon you, brothers and sisters, and you will be a witness. You won't, you won't be able to help but speak about the name of Jesus. When I first became a Christian, I couldn't help but talk about the name of Jesus. I never even knew anything about evangelism or what I was supposed to do. I never even knew what the scripture said about it. I never... I never knew anything, to be honest with you. But I had the power of God. I had the power of God. And you know what? And the power of God will make you. Will make you a witness, whether you like it or not. I'm telling you now. It'll make your face shine. And you have a glow inside of you. And you'll just tell people about the wonder of God. And this is what was on the disciples. Um, the apostles now we're talking about. The apostles, they were disciples. They were ordinary men. Like Peter was an ordinary man. But he got filled with the Holy Ghost. He got filled with the power of God. It came upon him. And then he preached in power and authority. That's where the authority comes from. It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Amen.
So, as we see in Acts 2, we see the cut. This is, this is when the, the uh, Pentecost came. And as we read down to, from 2 a little bit, and it says, When that day of Pentecost fully came, they're all in one cord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven out of a, of a mighty rushing wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it appeared to them divided tongues as of fire that sat upon them, that sat upon each of them. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. We'll just leave it there. Because it begins to show the the crowd's response of these people praising God in in tongues and then getting the interpretation of that tongue and then realising they were speaking in their, their native tongue, their native language, and it was glorifying to God. And that's one thing the Holy Ghost will do. It will glorify God. It will bring praise to God. Yes, it's for you. Yes, it will fill you with joy, but it will bring praise. It will bring praise to the Lord and it will bring glory. It will bring glory to God. Amen. His power is working in us. Hallelujah. But what a time to be there. Imagine being there. That'd be a wonderful experience, but that experience isn't far off of us. And that's the truth. It can be right here, right now. It can be an experience that you enter into. And this is the thing. Have you got your experience of the Holy Spirit? Have you got an experience of the Holy Spirit? If you haven't, you need to get one. It's amazing. I'm not bashing you. I'm trying to encourage you. It's an encouragement. Come on, you can discern my spirit. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's... Push it forward a little bit. Come on. I can't, I can't stay still, because if I stay still, I end up walking backwards. Some Christians, they want to go forward, but they walk backwards. It's the unbelieving. That's what it is. You want to go forward. Come on. Do you believe what it says? It can be yours, brothers and sisters. It can be your portion. It can be your dose. Amen. It's more than a dose. I'll tell you that now. It'll fill you up. It'll change your, your whole perspective on life. It did me. It did me. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in my mate's bedroom before I come to church. Before I come to church. <laughs> I know anything about church. I didn't really want to go to church. <laughs> That's just how it was for me. I, you know, I, got filled, I got filled in my mate's bedroom. My, ba- my, uh, my, my friend got saved. Daniel knows him. He got saved. Radically saved. You know, we'd sit in our, we'd sit, I'd sit around in his bedroom. All, like, all we'd do was look at shoeboxes full of graffitied trains that we'd done and smoke loads of weed. That's all I used to do and drink. My mum would tell me, look, I'm testifying in front of my mum. She knows, so I'm not making out. Look, she's not, I'm not boasting in it, but I'm boasting in the power of God. Amen. I'm boasting in what he took me out of. Man, I tell you what, there's so much power when God comes upon you. Because of that lamb. Took away your sin. He could give you his power. Amen. You know what? It was a powerful thing. It was a powerful thing. You know what? I had this dream where I met with the Lord in this dream. And he put his hand on me. It was physically, audibly spoke to me. It's an incredible experience. Where Jesus met with me. In person. And I understand not everyone gets this experience. But this is my experience. I can't change that. It's true. This is what happened. And God changed me. And shortly after that, he filled me with his power. I didn't understand what was going on, but 
it felt like, it felt like whoosh, straight through me. I was like, whoa, what was that? You know, I was like, I thought, you know, because I was with Carl, we were just having a chat. But it suddenly happened, something happened the moment I believed in Jesus of who he was and who he says he was. Something clicked and I was filled. Something clicked and sometimes we need a click. Do you get me? Sometimes there's a shift and we believe. And that's what happened to me. There was a shift in me. I believed and I was empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I remember coming out of that flat. He lived in a flat because we used to just sit around there just, you know, talking about all the wrong things we used to do. And um, I come out and I was just like, sudden awareness of God. God was alive. God was real. I never really read the Bible, but I just knew it was all true. Then we went to Bible college, it was all true. And that's what the Holy Ghost would do. It would teach you all the truth. You won't need, it's not that we don't need teachers and other people. We don't need, it's not that we don't need the brethren. I just knew it was true. He would teach you all truth. It says it in 1 John. We read it, the anointing. He would teach you what is true. And he taught me what was true. He didn't, it wasn't over, you know, it wasn't like someone had to really persuade me and trying to get, you know, all this. It was just true. That's what happens when the power of God comes on you. It changes you. Come on. Let's go to Ephesians 5.18. It's harvest time. I thank God that you brought that word. And it was, it was, it was communion to that, didn't we? Didn't know about that. 5.18, it's Ephesians. we go from 17. Ephesians 5.17, it says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that what the Lord, what, what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. Whatever that means. I don't think it's very good, though. Yeah. Dissipation, yeah. You've got to bear with me. I'm a bit of an Essex boy. I don't understand the big words sometimes. (laughs) But it says here, be filled. I understand this bit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I used to live on the wrong buzz. But now, I live on him. I'm filled. I can be filled now with the Holy Spirit. And so can you. And that's the solution. People get filled with the wrong, wrong type of wine. That's the problem. They're looking for the wrong buzz. The wrong f- it's wine, that type of wine is not an antidote. This type of wine is. You need the wine of his spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and get filled. Get along with God if you need to. Spend some time with him. Just ask him for it. And, you know, there has to be a, a, a demand on God sometimes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your faith has to put a kind of a demand on him sometimes. Otherwise, we get a bit passive. And we just go, you know, food, emotions, the Christian thing. You know. It just gets a bit just doing the same thing sometimes. But when you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, man, you won't want any of that old wine. You, You have what you need. You have everything that you need. Everything. It's in that empowerment by the Holy Spirit. And that's my experience. My experience is wonderful. You know what? When I witness to people, 
This happens, and I don't want to, you know, I'm, not, I'm bragging in God, because I would never want to tell anyone about Jesus in myself. And people that tell, Jesus, that tell people about Jesus without the Holy Ghost is, like, amazing, because I would never want to do that. But when I've got the Holy Spirit, I just can't shut up. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I can't shut up. And I talk, about, I talk about it a lot at work, you know. And I was speaking to this woman. I speak to this woman quite regularly. She's one of the tutors. And I, and I talk to her about the things of God. I talk to her about Jesus quite a lot. Every time I talk to her about the Lord, she starts to cry. She goes, you always make me cry. And I was thinking, I'm not. It's not me. It's nothing to do with me, really. It's nothing really to do with me. It's what's within me. Do you see what I'm saying? And when you start to realise what's within you, you're going to reach people. You've got someone special living on the inside of you. Come on. And she said to me this. She said, she said to me, I was just walking along. I wasn't prying her. I wasn't going on at her. I wasn't banging on at her, trying to get her to think like I think. Like people try to think that you, you know, like you're winning some kind of argument. Get out of that stuff. No one's won in the power of persuasion. But it's, but it's won in the anointing. I remember starting to share with her. I was talking with her, just talking, naturally just talking. I wasn't on some evangelical crusade. I was just chatting down the street. And uh, she said to me, since when you talked to me, when you, since you've been speaking to me about Jesus, I felt like I've been released. She said this, she said, I felt like I've been released. I didn't even ask her, what, you know, what's been happening. She said, I felt like I've been released and I felt like this love has come into me. And I feel different as a result of it. This is one of the tutors. She wasn't a Christian. She's had a, a bit of a religious Catholic upbringing, if I'm honest with you. But she experienced something changing her. That's what happens with the anointing. Something changes in people's hearts and their minds. God begins to do something. I didn't really understand it, but it just comes out of you. I can't really put it in a box. I can't really sit here and tell you all the ins and outs of it, but I just know it works. And you know it works when you get it. I'm telling you now. You've got to get it. Amen. Some of you have got it. Some of you need to get it, though. Amen. If I'm brutally honest with you. Can I be honest with you? It's all right. It's all right. I'm not condemning you, brothers and sisters. I'm bringing you closer. Amen. I'm bringing you in. Come on. You need to come a bit closer. Amen. He's waving the flag. He's saying, come on, come closer. You're my witnesses. You're my chosen vessels. Don't keep looking at that person over there and over there. It's you. It's about you. You're the house of God, a royal priesthood. Amen. That's what the Bible says about you. But he's changing this woman. And I'm in awe at what God is doing. It's nothing about me. I'm in awe. All I've done is have an open heart and I'm ready I'm ready. Come on. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. I feel excited.